Hi everyone, today we're going to be discussing if gender quotas really and truly do increase female representation within institutions. Gender inequality is one of the most primitive and oldest forms of inequality. Sadly, it is very much a reality in most parts of the world, and in many countries, women still do not have equal access to education, healthcare, safety, work, or political decision-making. Today, we have a guest called Aryan, who studies politics, philosophy, and economics at LSE in London, and he will be helping us and giving us an insight from one of his assignments that he had to complete about gender quotas and if they truly do work. Gender quotas have been fundamental towards increasing female representation in political institutions since the 1995 UN Fourth Women's Conference that encouraged their implementation in political systems. This is the focus of the first section. Although increasing female representation has led to an increase in symbolic representation for women in government, there has not been a significant increase in female legislative representation. While increased female representation of the population and increased female engagement in politics is good for democracy, the lack of increased resultant legislative representation is a key drawback from the potential of how beneficial gender quotas can be for democracy. The second section of this essay focuses on highlighting the increase in political competency that comes as a result of gender quotas. This section outlines how democracy benefits from the overall increase in competency of the electoral pool and removal of mediocre politicians from office. This increase in competency leads to the population having more qualified representatives and more qualified polity. Both sections cover common criticisms against gender quotas being their promotion of underqualified women and quota-based election as being discriminatory. These key criticisms that are claimed to be detrimental to democracy are both disproven. Overall, there is no doubt that gender quotas are beneficial for democracy by increasing overall competency, female symbolic representation, and engagement in politics. Gender quotas are fundamental towards increasing female representation within government. However, their effect on improving female legislative representation is not as apparent. Since the UN Fourth Women's Conference in Beijing in 1995 that encouraged the use of gender quotas, female representation in national parliaments has increased from 11.3% to 24.3%, highlighting the success of gender quotas in increasing female politi political representation. An increased representation of female po population is good for democracy, as a minority group within political institutions gets an increased opportunity to be in position to make female-friendly legislative change. The increased female representation in theory should make the political culture and legislation more female-friendly, as the female minority group reaches critical mass within political institutions and forms coalitions that band and work together. As a result, there should be an increase in female legislative re representation which benefits democracy. However, empirical evidence by the likes of Hutton and Beckwith con contradicts the critical mass theory, suggesting although female representation has increased, it hasn't translated to much legislative change. Examples include Argentina, where despite reaching 38.9% female representation in parliament as a result of a gender quota, a majority of female-friendly bills are not passed in Parliament. 
Surrounding factors such as social stigma around women in male-dominant institutions is a key reason why female representation does not translate to legislative representation. Additionally, party patronization and limited leg legislative experience are other surrounding factors that lead to increased female representation not translating to increased legislative representation. Many women struggle to impose bills as the majority male groups attribute negative stereotypical thoughts towards them and heavily scrutinize their bills. They are looked upon as undeserving and underqualified as they are elected on the basis of a discriminatory quota. Male politicians often dislike that quotas take away their equal opportunity to get elected, therefore being undemocratic. However, this doesn't factor the historic discrimination against women. The gender quota removes these historical barriers and creates a level playing field, which is good for democracy, as there is increased equality within the population. As a result, although female underrepresentation in parliament has decreased as a result of gender quotas, it's mostly symbolic, as it hasn't led to expected levels of legislative change. This limits the potential of how good gender quotas are for democracy, as although there is an increased chance of females to be a part of government, they're not able to get the same power as male majority groups in making legislative change. Nonetheless, even increased symbolic representation can indirectly have a positive effect on democracy. Unrepresentative legislatures contribute to alienation of females, causing their disengagement from political process and de decline female voter turnout levels. Increasing levels of symbolic representation will correlate with increased female political participation, voter turnout, and greater knowledge of the political process, as the female population recognizes their presence in political institutions. Increased involvement in the political process of eligible members is a positive effect as a result of gender quotas increasing female representation. Gender quotas also increase political competency by increasing the pool of competent female politicians and even improving male politician co competency. Moreover, they may in some cases play a transformative role in making the candidate selection process more deliberative, increasing the competency of the electable pool. An improvement in overall quality and effectiveness of the polity is beneficial for democracy. Besley's work looks into highlighting the variance within competence of politicians before and after the imposition of a gender quota in the 1994 Swedish elections. The gender quota was imposed in the form of a zip ballot, where men and women alternated in ranking. In Sweden's party list proportion system, guaranteeing that 50% of elected representatives would be female. Over a three election period cycle, since the imposition of the quota, results highlight an increase in average male competency by 3% in areas with the largest quota impact on increased female representation of 10%. In the same areas, there is a little noticeable effect on female competency, underlining how increased female representation through quotas doesn't re replace competent qualified men, and the female representation is not underqualified in comparison to the female representation that existed before quota imposition. Other studies concur with this evidence, highlighting how in terms of competency, females are legislatively at least at par and often exceeding their male counterparts. This disproves a common criticism of gender quotas promoting undeserving women into office. 
The increased pool of competent female politicians previously unconsidered before the quota is accompanied by an increase in male competency as highlighted by Besley. Many prejudiced political institutions have been male-dominant over the years, creating a hierarchical system where mediocre male leaders, in order to retain power, surround themselves with mediocre followers that will, politically will, that will not politically challenge this power. Gender quotas root up pre-existing mediocre leaders due to their increasing gender parity, replacing them with competent male politicians that struggle to obtain leadership positions due to the mediocre follower support that mediocre leaders had. Bestly highlights how on an average leader competency increases. They are less threatened of selecting more able politicians, improving the competency of the polity from pre-quota levels through an improvement in the selective process. Brimgard and Zetterberg claim that this selective process is further improved as party leaders employ a more deliberative process when selecting female candidates based on merit and competency instead of improvisation in order to maximize the chance of party success. As the selective process improves, a greater number of competent candidates compete in elections, which benefits democracy due to the increased quality of competition and the population having more qualified representatives. However, it is important to consider that aside from the study by Besley in 2013, there is not much research into the impact of gender quota levels on increasing competency. Furthermore, Besley measure, Besley's measures of gauging competency are not based on the legislative results of post-quota politicians, but instead base competency levels by comparing the median incomes amongst politicians within similar characteristics. This is a drawback from the research, as gauging competency through qualifications doesn't necessarily correlate with legislative competency of politicians in office. The common criticisms of gender quotas being discriminatory and leading to underqualified and female politicians in office that are often laid out as negative for democracy are both disproven. In fact, gender quotas give women who face historical barriers into politics an equal opportunity, a very key aspect of democracy. Additionally, gender quotas have been highlighted by Besley as not only key to promoting competent women into office, but also key to removing existing mediocre leaders that are protected by mediocre followers surrounding them due to a male-dominant past of political institutions. Despite more research needed towards determining increased competency as a result of gender quotas, this study provides a solid basis on how gender quotas can benefit democracy via increasing the competence of the polity. Gender quotas are further beneficial for democracy as they have shown to increase representation of the female minority group, which moves representation closer towards gender ratio levels. Furthermore, as females recognize their increasing presence in politics, it makes them more engaged in the political process, which is good for democracy. Despite the lack of legislative success limiting its potential positive effect on democracy, overall, it is evident that gender quotas are good for democracy. This positive impact could be supplemented with changes to the electoral process or supply-side policies that help to decrease the stigmatization of female politicians to maximize the potential good that can be achieved for democracy. This would encourage increasing female partis representation to lead to increasing legislative change.